Good afternoon and welcome to the Channel File Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield in Kansas City. It is the 80th Annual National Association of Farm Broadcasting Convention that is underway throughout this week. And interesting uh, actions that we saw within the market trade today. Of course, a lot of negativity was felt on the screen, especially when you look at this uh, grain complex. You flip the page, hogs definitely saw the lower numbers. Cattle, though, for the most part, were able to hold themselves with some higher numbers. So a lot of influences that we're going to see. One that comes as a surprise is not an influence, and that really is all this geopolitical. But we'll talk about a meeting that the president had. We'll talk about the crush report, wheat movement. Don't forget, we have a cattle on feed report that comes out on Friday as well. Pretty excited to have sitting next to me, Mike Suslow. Mike, of course, with Global Commodity Analytics. We normally talk to Mike on Thursdays. Uh, you are joining us today here in Kansas City as you're talking with other farm broadcasters as well. But let's kind of give you, give me your overall of what you saw in these markets today because a lot of negative pushes were happening in these grains. Yeah, it's a lot of unfinished business, it seems like to me, Susan, especially when you see the uh, the return of the wheat-led and crude oil-led market lower. And I think that's where it goes back to the trade is reestablishing a a lack of fear about what's happening, whether it's in Ukraine or whether it's in the Middle East. You didn't have the South American weather driver that you've had the last couple of weeks. As a result of that lack of weather driver to the upside, I think the market kind of reverted back to the mean. It was helped by a bigger European Union crop, France specifically coming in. The EU wheat once again did what it has been doing almost all of 2023. It it led the U.S. wheat lower with a five-month low in the European MATA futures. So I think that's the big thing to take away from today. But unfinished business from a standpoint of we have the Biden-Xi summit. And I think that coming here to the 80th celebration of NAFB and what a great year to come. Um, I, I was driving down and I thought, isn't it amazing we're having the NAFB right when we're having the Biden-Xi summit? Because that could be one of the biggest features looking back on 2024 that drove these markets for the whole next year. So as you look at this unfinished business and the continued conversation that these two have, that doesn't ever seem to come to much of anything. What weighted pressure are we going to see that continue on the market trade? Yeah, and it could continue on the market. And we saw after the consumer price data on Tuesday a really strong push in some of the key currencies that led the wheat higher. Um, Wednesday was the uh, almost the exact opposite, and I think the trade is waiting for what is going to happen between these two major leaders of the two largest economies of the world. My take is pretty simple. Um, we're not probably going to make much headway on the political or geopolitical front, but I think both parties want to come together when it comes to trade and when it comes to bringing their economies back around because I think we realize now we're pretty interdependent when it comes to economics and trade, and we're both suffering. The European Union, United States, and China are very, very linked to one another. You talk about this geopolitical, and you and I were talking before we started this program. There was the attack in the Gaza Strip or this insurgent, so I say, on, on a hospital and it didn't, I, I saw a blurb come across my phone. I saw a blurb on one news thing, and that was about it. Yeah, and I think the simple answer to what you're talking about, and it's a very complex situation, but the trade, I think, has been watching Iran and watching Hezbollah, especially to see if they formally jump in to this war. And because they haven't at a stage when Israel is in the heart and at the command center of Hamas, I think the trade is wanting to take as much premium as they can out, risk premium from a geopolitical standpoint. And again, the European Union numbers from a standpoint of wheat, 
the crude oil stocks on Wednesday going up, those all helped usher in probably some fresh selling. Momentum seemed to be a big deal on Wednesday to me. Which I think is kind of interesting as well because the war still continues between Russia and Ukraine, but that has taken a total backseat to everything. It really has, and this is where the European market really does lead the soft red and the hard red to a lesser degree. You and I were talking about before going on air how the hard red wheat was able to stand up and essentially be steady on the day, even though the soft red was down over 11 cents. That's something to watch. A return of hard red, soft red selling and that spreading that we're seeing now reminds me of last year at this time when crop conditions started to go south in the hard red wheat belt. So I think next Monday's report for the crop conditions and winter wheat, because we decline instead of staying steady this week, probably more elevated in importance than what I would have thought earlier. What are your thoughts on these recent crush numbers? I, I really like them. I mean, the, the sustainable aviation fuel is coming on. It's all thanks to California for the most part. But, hey, who cares? With another record uh, crush for October, almost 190 million bushels uh, taking out the previous high set last month. Uh, it's really a good thing to watch. And I think it keeps the South American weather in play because we keep seeing the soy demand from China in terms of soybeans. And we see the soybean oil. So it takes pressure off the meal market. You and I were talking yesterday during during one of our midday programs about how South America weather had kind of done a little bit of a pullback. And on the quieter side, are we going to see some things picking up for them? Yeah, there was a longer-term outlook put out by one of the uh, private forecasters that I pay a subscription to. And they put out their forecast saying that they see a return to a more normal South American weather overall between December and February. That couldn't come too soon. It'd be kind of like those major rains we saw here in this country at the end of June this past year, this past growing season. I think what you have to think about, though, is the extremes that we're dealing with this year. I don't remember a time when we've been as dry as we are in Mato Grosso and as wet as we are in southern Brazil, both of them on the opposite extremes in soil moisture, six-year highs in southern Brazil, six-year lows for uh, soil moisture levels in uh, Mato Grosso. And those dollar movements also could maybe give a possibility for some opportunities for us. Yeah, this is a 2024 situation, I think, and it goes back to the U.S.-China relationship and the fund investment mindset. If you see a five-month high in the Russian ruble, like we saw on Tuesday, a 10-week high in the offshore Chinese currency, and an eight-week high in the Brazilian real, if those types of trends continue, I think we've got something going in terms of better U.S. exports, and I think the grain investors will start to pick up on that. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming back from Kansas City as we get ready for the second half of today's channel final bell we come back we'll take a look at some other factors on the grain complex and what the heck is going on with this cattle market a lot more is coming up it's channel final bell on the rural radio network here's another channel chat where we discuss what's happening in the new channel seed brand across the central plains region i'm joe gangwish Matt McGuire is with us from Central Plains Solutions out of Wisner, Nebraska, and he talks about the merger of Fontenelle and Channel moving forward. Yeah, you know, like I said, we, you know, we're big on the crop consulting side and the agronomy side, and I think that going forward, the big reason that Fontenelle and Channel have merged is for the agronomy side of things and having more agronomy professionals, you know, we're going to be going from one on the legacy Fontenelle side to, I believe, 12. And I think that will be a, a huge help to our customers that are looking for that uh, support on the back end when they're raising their crops. If you want more information, contact Matt with Central Plain Solutions out of Wisner or any one of your new channel seed professionals across Nebraska, Kansas, and Colorado. For Channel Seed, I'm Joe Gangwish. 
Welcome back to the channel. Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Again, we're broadcasting in Kansas City, Missouri for the NAFB's annual meeting. And Mike Zuzlo again with Global Commodity Analytics joins us as we sit side by side versus over the phone or video like we usually talk, Mike. But uh, cattle on feed report, we're almost four weeks out from the last report. And still, last month's report has still been kind of a haunting factor, shall we say, going into this Friday's report, which I think could uh, double up the excitement, shall we say. I like how you frame that, Susan, because we're just shaking off the fears of the last report and that excess supply heading into the very next report. It's taken a full month to get the cattle on feed numbers out of our back of our heads. And I think this goes back to the analysts out there like me. I think we're having a very hard time pegging when we're going to see heifer retention, when are we going to see the cattle cycle shift and, and cattlemen, cow-calf people start to retain. And you see that in the placements numbers. It looks pretty benign when you look at the average of 104.9, but the range is 99.8 to 108. And so it really does smell like last month all over again when it comes to the placements. And so I'm really excited that the cattle turned around like I'd hoped they would this week. I need the cash trade to trade higher, though, because I'm nervous about this cattle on feed report again. And I know the report obviously comes out after the market's closed, so that gives a whole weekend for this market to kind of digest and fester over what those numbers will say. Yeah, it does. That's a really good point. And you also have the Oklahoma City auction that showed, you know, light testing, not very good demand, but what was done was at 5 to $10 lower. And so that suggests, well, we're not putting a lot in terms of backgrounding feeders or calves right now. We're kind of waiting and seeing. And so maybe those placement numbers will be elevated. I think the other thing goes back to what we talked about in, in the first segment when it comes to the drought and the hard red wheat belt. We have not cleared up the drought in Iowa. We haven't cleared up the drought in Nebraska. We haven't cleared up the drought in Kansas either. So I think you've got a really wide open situation the good news right now versus last month at this time the funds are not nearly as net long as they are now in the fat cattle um, and we're actually a little bit negative in the feeders on the managed money which you know makes it interesting when we look at the bigger picture unlike hogs where we can kind of fix it as fast as we can reproduce these hogs from a cattle perspective this isn't going to be a near-term fix in the next year this is going to take a few years to, to fix what's happened because of the drought and our heifer retentions. That's an excellent point, and I think if you couple that with the fact this past 30 days, the trade caught up with what you and I have been talking about a lot, and that goes back to beef exports and beef imports. We've kind of hit a wall when it comes to being able to export out. We're not doing bad, but not as good as we were, and we're really starting to see the imports come in pretty hard. And that's why this dollar breaking back down earlier this week, we need to, we need to see a trend of that occurring as we go deeper into the holiday. I think the Packers could be short-bought right now because I think they've done a good job of getting enough poultry and enough hams for the Thanksgiving holiday. I think maybe Christmas could be a beef Christmas this year because we have seen some of these cuts back off. I don't think you're going to hear any cattle producers complain about that. What about the November cattle contract? And November feeders are expiring this week, and as we see the cash index fall to those November January is going to pick it up, and so January is going to either be right with the index or it's going to have too much of a premium, and I think this goes right in line with that cattle on feed report. 
what I'm trying to get at is it could provide quite a bit of extra volatility in the feeder complex. Now you're playing an important role here at our NAFB uh, convention that's underway. You're going to be on one of our panels later this afternoon. Would you kind of share with our listeners a little bit what you're going to be sharing with farm broadcasters? You know, the big thing that I'm looking at is the U.S.-China negotiations that we talked about in the first segment and also the Federal Reserve neutralizing everything. We've had to live off of weather as grain producers and cattlemen and ranchers have had to deal with the weather and high feed prices and we've had to deal with the weather and the supply side can we finally make 2024 something other than about the weather and i'm thinking maybe the federal reserve and the chinese u.s relations those demand drivers essentially of 2023 could at least be neutral instead of negative in 2024 you know i hate to say that uh use that like the q word as we like to say in emergency medicine but having said that quietness of this market trade going into the month of december the last trading month of the year is there some nervousness or should there be some concerns coming from our from our growers and producers out there i think in parts of the country yes but i've also i've also heard from the eastern corn belt those areas that everybody's seeing as big yield areas that we're seeing some test weight issues that probably won't show up till the january report but i'd be watching the mississippi river and i'd be watching the cash basis in some of these areas in case we do tighten up the corn supplies as we finish up the u.s harvest and like i said in segment one susan it seems like the diverseness of the weather extremes in South America are something that are not going to go away anytime soon. One week will not make a difference. It may create a pattern change down the road, but it's not going to make much of a difference. All right. Great conversation, Mike. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Globalcomresearch.com. It's globalcom with two M's, research.com. Sign up for a trial. Take a look at our product services. All right, Mike Zuzel has been joining us right here in Kansas City. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. That is the Channel Final Bell brought to you by Channel Seed and your local Channel Seed professionals here on the Rural Radio Network. You can pick this up as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for those free podcasts. It is the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.